Hello, everybody. We're back to our regularly scheduled program, Katina MX Football Podcast. Broadcasting live on Twitter Spaces, of course, and on YouTube. So hop on our YouTube channel if you want to throw in some, some comments in the chat. Or, if you're brave enough, join our live stream on Twitter Spaces and uh, request to speak. Tonight, we have Joel joining us. Joel, how we doing? I'm doing good, Jaime. I'm doing good. The World Cup final was quite a feast. Absolutely. And I almost missed it, Jaime. You almost missed it? You forgot to put I, your alarm I on? Almost, I almost lit. Well, my kids are my alarm. They're usually <laughs> up by six. I don't know what happened. And um, and they, they still weren't awake. I, I just woke up. I don't know if I would have it. I looked at my phone and I had a message. Oh. A friend of mine was like, are you seeing the final? And I was like, oh, snap. And I turned the turn it on and it was Argentina 2-0. Oh, wow. What minute? Yeah. It was late in the first half. Oh, okay, okay. But I did get to see the rest, like the second half and all the good stuff. I didn't miss. I didn't miss all the, all the excite. Yeah, you didn't miss much. Obviously, the, the penalty kick was controversial. Soft call, no VR review. And then, um, honestly, like, 75 minutes in, I was starting to make make peace with the decision. <laughs> I had all these memes ready, and I had all this shit ready. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to be able to use it. And then, you know, that penalty kick, Mbappe puts it away. And then, like, three minutes after, he puts another one away. And then that's when I was like, oh, it's ca it's happening. The biggest comeback in World <laughs> Cup finals is happening, and uh, it, you know, obviously, what happened happened, but it, overall, probably one of the best finals I've seen. Oh yeah, without a doubt, man. You have to give it to Argentina, man. They could have. Usually, teams that that lose the lead, not once but twice, they usually crash. You know, they they crash in the um. The confidence department. That team held on, dude. Yeah, and you know, you talk about some of these like championship runs. There's always some like funky things that happen in that in that run, right? A lot of a lot of Argentina's matches were fought like to to the last second. You know, like I think about the Netherlands match. You know, they were up two zero, and then Netherlands dramatically, <laughs> yeah. you know, tie the game up and. You have to be just mentally strong in those moments to to feel confident that you can see it, see the see it through and and close it out and yeah and those yeah, you know, those mind think... games, bro, with the goalkeeper. Holy shit! <laughs> well, that's why I, I was saying that was a, for them. It ended up being a good thing for Argentina that that they lost that first match against Saudi Arabia. They were coming in with a pretty impressive run and to lose that at the world cup against you know no disrespect but the weakest team that they faced you know it's it could be very demoralizing hey man it was uh written in the stars argentina could have been down three nothing at half they were still won the world cup oh Saudi you saying maybe a loss end of that streak at 36 yeah, impressive, impressive yeah, run. And you know, one on something else, 
Yes. You know what street was about to be? 37 oh, wait, wait. Italy. 36. 36, 36. Saudi What's Arabia. That? Saudi Arabia under that streak at 36 wins. And then this World Cup win and was about to be 37 years without World Cup for Argentina. And that stayed at 36. Oh, it's like their, their number, huh? Yeah, dude, it was in the stars. Everything that Maradona meme, where like on the behind them it says December eighteenth, and then the title of the show they're on it says Nuestro Regalo de Fin de Año, <laughs> uh, the eighty six ref being born January seventh. This ref being born January seventh. It was just everything in the stars. So you're saying uh, uh, France never stood a chance, huh? Never stood a chance. I told my buddies, I'm like, go put all your money, Argentina, follow, uh, Argentina to win. Not not the game itself, but like the championship. I'm like, you're it's, saying- it's rid. And the 86, they beat Germany and Belgium. They have like same flag colors, but you know, one's vertical, one's horizontal. This one, same thing with like uh, France, Croatia, and Netherlands. Like all these like signs were just there. Like some people believe that, some don't. There but was a had, a Quilmes like, like in their favor. yeah there was a Quilmes like uh ad that ran like Quilmes is like the beer of Argentina and they ran like an ad uh, leading up to the World Cup about all the coincidences like oh you know the last time Argentina won like Canada and Morocco went to the World Cup so yeah there's just, no. there was a lot of like coincidences so that, the planets aligned some yeah, dude with like Brazil was the cosmos were in quarterfinals. Yeah, like so, that shit. kind of stuff, you know. It's it's all lined up. Some dude with like we- a weaponized autism like figured out all the all the facts, man. <laughs> um, I will say, uh, public we need that guy here. public service announcement. Uh, you know, just be careful if you're out there celebrating Argentinos. Like you, got, I've been seeing some videos of them climbing up on everything, like cats. <laughs> And I like cats. I hope they have nine lives, bro. Because I saw some of those falls, and some of those people look dead. So, you know, just just be. The rel- one there was one reported dead from uh, from that flagpole that fell. Uh, uh, some the, people managed mean, to climb that big ass. Uh, what's that shit called? Like their their monument, monument, whatever. That thing's hella tall. It's like seventy meters in the sky. The dude jumped off the bridge trying to land on the on the bus. I saw those, man. One guy made it. The other guy has lived. And, uh, surprisingly, two guys. They're What's like that? he wanted to meet Messi and he wanted to meet in Maradona. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> that dude literally is a bonehead. Like thick ass school saved his saved his ass, bro. <laughs> and uh, obviously, we've been seeing the females celebrate. Good lord, there's about oh. to be uh, a lot of pregnant ladies. Oh. I haven't seen it, Jaime. You give might it, have to give it nine months, say... we're gonna have a lot of Lionels. That's gonna be yeah. the, that's gonna be the number one boy name next year, Lionel. It does, it does happen, dude. It does happen. The new Brian. Yeah. But uh like we were mentioning right before we started this uh broadcast, you go from having the the highest level of competition with world-class players and, and action-packed, you know, tactics and, and all that. And then uh, I turn on the telly on Monday and I and I watch this Copa por Mexico and it's like... <laughs> mm. 
dude. Oh. Back to reality, bro. <laughs> Back to reality. <laughs> it's like it's hard to to go from World Club, well, you know, World Cup final to to watching uh, Chivas play against Santos on the shittiest stadium. Like, I don't know what happened with the Estadio Jalisco. I heard there was a Bukis concert. But, dude, that turf looks horrible. And they've been playing on it for the first two fixtures. I don't know why. It just, it's terrible, man. Well, Jaime, for, for the record, though, I must state, you have two teams filled with world-class players. Pretty much any league is going to pale in comparison. Even the top leagues. We just have such a good view of those top leagues because when we see the games, we see the, the very best teams. We don't see their average to below bottom of the table. But yeah, it's 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 uh, it's quite the difference. And we mentioned it um, before the pod because there's been talk before of a World Cup every two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you be no, opposed don't to do that? Don't do that. Why not? Because you just ruin it all. For example, okay. Well, right now we have a World Cup every two years, 24, 26, 28. Okay, there's, you know, Mbappe could win, like, in that case, he could win, like, next three or four. What's wrong with that? The next three. He wins the next three. Now, all of a sudden, he has four World Cups. Is he the greatest of all time? When in reality, he's No. He'll be, like, the greatest of of his time span. You take the prestige away. And then all the stats just completely get ruined. I, I we agree. Lose, we I, don't lose prestige for league and or Champions League, and they're played every year. It does lose prestige because look at Liga and Mekis. I can give you the last ten champions of the Champions League. Ask me the last twenty champions of Liga Mekis in the <laughs> same time span, ten years, and I can't. Yeah. It loses prestige to a to a level. I understand that it loses prestige, and yeah, you know it would. Winning a World Cup, it, it wouldn't be the same. At the same time, like, what the fuck are we doing waiting every four years? I think, like, three would be a compromise. Every three years would be good. I don't know. Cause, I mean, the World Cup, uh, same thing. Like, we were talking about, like, you know, other leagues, we don't see the same level. Uh, the same reason, the reason why is because the World Cup is not a coach's league. In the sense, like a club, like a club league, a club season last that last all year. Uh-huh. You're with them every single day. Yeah. And like you know, so many games, your tactics, all that, dude. A World Cup is mainly on the players. If you have a good group of players, uh, they're all rolling the same plays. You got some talent. The coaching comes in here and there, but not to the extent that the players actually have that seven game influence. You're more dependent on your players than you are actually on the coach. Yeah, the so then, so then, what happened with Mexico? We had the talent, we just didn't have a competent coach. Why, why didn't they just call mutiny on, on Tata and just do whatever they want to do on the pitch? Because you don't have players with webbles. Like, look at uh, what's his name? The goal, Luis Chavez. He came out and said, uh, "We, I'll be honest, we don't know what Tata wanted to do against Argentina." Okay, why are you saying that now? Guardado, Ochoa, Raul, uh, HH, all you guys were supposed to be the group leaders. He's telling you the game plan for Argentina. None of you know what the hell he wants to do. You might not agree with what he wants to do. How come you still walked out there and did it? Because you can't just 
do mutiny on. Well, I mean, that was that one guy was his opinion. The other guys might, you know, believed and trusted in the coach. Well, he said, no sabíamos. He didn't say, yo no sabía. So, yeah. I'm he, going off his words. He's probably, he didn't want to throw everybody under the bus, but I'm sure there was a group of people that, that felt the same way yeah. as he did. I know Chucky Lozano was visibly upset and uh, against Saudi Arabia. You saw him and Antuna have a moment together. But I, you know, we mentioned this on Sunday. Like, what would you like to see change in the World Cup? And um, no one brought up the two-year thing. I, I, I honestly love, like, this is my favorite time is, like, the World Cup. That and the Champions League, in my opinion, are the highest level of, of football, like, competition. And uh, obviously, it draws the, even the casuals in. So they're not going to be following Copa America and Copa Oro. This is like it. This is it for them. And I would not mind increasing the frequency of that. It is because you saw how many people were like talking about World Cup. People that normally never comment because it's, it's such a, like, it's the world event, you know? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Every two years we'll water it down. That's why they talk about it so much, even though... The guy that's not even a casual fan, the guy that doesn't know anything about soccer, the guy that thinks that Cristiano played for Argentina, they talk about it because, oh, it's a big four-year moment. I don't know because, it, you know, that's what they said when the World Cup expanded. Once they started going past the, what was it, 16 teams or whatever it was, they started saying it's going to get watered down. That's and true. it's at 32, and it's it didn't happen, you know. It's, it's, it's hard to say. It really is. Um, what I what I do think would happen is um, you would you would definitely take away from club football because then you would need players that would be dedicated to selección because you know it would be qualifiers and then basically World Cup. So it would be more national team games. So I guess I, I guess I'm agreeing with you there. <laughs> Check out. I guess I'm agreeing with you there that it, it probably, I, I mean, it's hard to say. I don't know if people, because even now off the bat, we know there's people that prefer selection over club. Really? Yeah, but also with the other uh, statement, you know, we they took it from 16 to 24 to 32. But how many yeah. teams are in FIFA, like 100 plus? 200, over yeah. 200. 200. So, yeah, obviously you had to bump it up. Uh, the same one right now, they're bumping it up to, what, 48 or what? Yeah. Yeah, 48. But then they, they were talking about maybe just doing this World Cup, this next World Cup at 48, and then going back down to 32. Well, I mean, with the 48, honestly, I think the watering down is mainly going to come from uh, CONCACAF. And Damn. Asia. No love, no love, buddy. No, for real. I mean, like, your regular teams are still going to produce at the same regular levels. You might have some African teams that might jump on that Morocco uh, run. But from uh, CONCACAF, you're going to tell me, like, Honduras, Guatemala, Nicaragua, El Salvador, whatever. Panama. Gonna, Panama, they're going to go on some run. No, those will be the teams that water it down. Same no, thing. they can't. <laughs> you same wouldn't think. Asia, you... Like, uh, uh, maybe like your 
Korea. So your your Middle Eastern teams are part of Asia, right? So yeah, like your Qatar or whoever, all that stuff too. All those guys are probably watered down too. But as far as like Coleman Bowl, Europe, Africa, you probably much can get the same thing you're getting right now. Um, I just want to play a, qu- a clip real quick. This is the kind of conversations that we're going to be missing now that the World Cup is over. France, France. Mbappe. Another freak. He won the golden boot. He won the golden boot. Now, you know Messi, Mbappe, and uh, Niedermeyer yeah. are all teammates in, in Premier League. Yeah, okay. We're, this is what's on the line, guys. <laughs> Americans trying to care about soccer. Oh, it's the best. But, but 2026 is going to be the year, man. Everything's going to change. I, it can. It, it I can. think it will, and dude. I hope it does. Like, well, and I hope it does because it uh, benefits all of us. I, I have some breaking – I have some unfortunate news there for you, Cole. In the, yes. This, in the in the final, the, the final that happened, just happened. Yeah. Fox cut away to show the Cowboys oh, yeah. the Jaguars game. So the, I think they have their priorities straight, man. <laughs> yeah, but that's Fox. That's, that's you know, that's Fox. Well, they got their... the rights to it. Yeah, I know, but but see, the, but see, you're going to how it is now, right? And if and if the World Cup comes here, and if more casuals pick up on it, right, they get in on on the desmadre and enjoy all that, like what what a World Cup brings, and you have like the whole world in your backyard. They already have the league in place with MLS, and they already have the rivalry with Mexico in place. And it can, if it becomes more mainstream, that's money for everyone, dude. That's a, also that's a giant pie where a lot of people get a slice. Yeah, You're saying like, the no, World no, no. Be in the summer. There's no football during the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, there won't be any conflict of interest there. I will yeah. say, though, a lot of my friends that don't speak Spanish were like, Hey man, so like they didn't—they're not gonna show the trophy ceremony. I'm like, you gotta go to Telemundo, my guy. <laughs> I didn't—I—I—I I, I didn't know that happened because I exclusively watch the World Cup in Spanish. I can't do that to myself watching it in English. Same. I will. Same. I will say though, um, watching it like there—I did flip to like the 4K version. Unfortunately, it's in, in English, just to see like the quality. I'm like, dude, it's so much better. I wish Telemundo could get their shit together, man, because over where I live, it's still being broadcasted in SD. <laughs> next next World Cup, I'm going to watch it in the in A-Rap, so the guy says, Allah. Because <laughs> that Telemundo broadcast was, was shit, man. Ah, man. Was you, didn't, you didn't get teary-eyed when Cantor was... Uh... No, I must have. I threw up in my pants. <laughs> hey, man, I got a little emotional. I've been my first World Cup was '98, and he was on Univision at the time. So I grew up. Yeah. I grew up with Andres Cantor, and uh, he's been waiting his entire life to say to say that. So hard not to get emotional what? there. I don't think as a as a commentator or broadcaster, I don't think so. Oh, one is a fan. Okay. I don't know. I don't get the Cantor hype, honestly, for real. Like, when America fans are like, listen to how this guy screams goal. So much passion, so much. I'm like, I don't know. There's a lot of Spanish uh, announcer broadcasters that, to me, sound a lot better. Like Jorge Navarrete, the legend. 
Super duper goal! <laughs> Can you say it one more time, Jaime? I missed that. <laughs> Yeah, just go and Google uh, Jorge Navarrete. He was uh, on Telefutura. Not Tele. Yeah, it was uh, Telefutura at the time. Guy was cringe, man. Him and uh, Fiore, Fernando Fiore. Oh, oh Fiore was horrible, man. All time worst. I never, I never liked them as as the football. You know when they gave him the because um, it used to be. In uh, Univision, it was it was Cantor and Longo, uh, Norberto Longo, mm-hmm. and they would do the broadcast. Longo was the, co- the col- color commentator. Color commentator. Yeah, yeah, and then they would have a sports, and they would just do like a sports show where they would just like review the games and and I really liked it. It was very professional, and then Fiore was doing uh he was doing uh, Fuera de Serie. The best thing about the show was Sofia Vergara. He always found a way to get her in a bikini. And and they gave him the show. And he, he did the República Deportiva mm-hmm. with Senadoras and all that. Senadoras. It was more like... Oof. It was... <laughs> and that was more like... Uh, almost like a Sábado Gigante type of stuff. Like Keep in mind, that was during my formative years. Ah, that explains a lot, Jaime. <laughs> so, so you always tuned in on Sunday morning, right? Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> Sunday morning. Uh, so, Chivas used to play at 10 a.m. on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah, so then and, and then they, they booted these dudes out, and then um, Longo passed away, mm-hmm. and then uh, Cantor ended up in Telemundo, which was probably... You know, I, I think Fiore having given the lead, pushed him out. You know what I mean? I guess he thought he should have been in charge of all that stuff. I did. I don't know if you guys ever listened to his radio, uh, Fútbol de Primera. Mm-hmm. You Have you guys ever listened to his? Uh, I used to listen to it. For one of the World Cups, I can't remember which one. But I was hearing, uh, he was no longer at, at Univision, and he had Grondona, the son. So I, I confused the names because there's Humberto and Hugo Grondona. And I think Humberto was the dad that was like the in charge of AFA. So it was the son, though, was who ended up in Mexico. Like someone brought him to do like the youth. Just I don't know why they did that. Because he didn't have like no track record, and he's he's the same guy that ended up destroying Argentina's uh, the national team youth program. They went they went from like like superb winning record under Peckerman to like they can't do shit. Anyways, man, damn, this dude was just he was just talking mad shit to Cantor, man. Really, Cantor, like, Cantor was like so like. Like, he wasn't really saying anything, man. And this dude... Like, what for? What was he saying? Calling him fat and, and just insulting oh, him. Oh, shit, really? Just, yeah, just like, it was just fucked up, dude. I was like... Damn. Like, why you have this guy on? He's he's basically... Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a trip. Yeah. 
Hey, but didn't they say Cantor did some like sneaky uh, underworld type of things to get the rights to the Liga MX radio rights or something in the U.S.? No, nah, because I think he was just, he's just been long enough where it was like, he was there from like, I wouldn't say the beginning, but like long enough where not many people were like bidding for it. And so you were able to get it pretty cheap. I could have sworn I heard he did some shady stuff, but I'll take your word for nah. it. So sometimes you're just around at the, at the, you know, you're just like around at the at the right time, and and you get to benefit from stuff. Like I I got to apply to the World Cup as freelance, and and it's like through FIFA, and and you really it's really difficult to do it now. And I got accredited, and like now it's like you have to go through USSF, and if you're going through USSF. They're checking like all your body of work and all this other shit, and how much have you covered U.S. And it's pretty difficult now. You would have to be, you would have to have a lot of work with a lot of like top sites. So it's just I was just lucky in that sense that there was like no coverage, you know. So it's it's like it just made it easy for for someone like me to to get that. For sure. Uh, looking at the sort of schedule, uh, actually, let's address some rumors since we have our, our Aguila fan here over here. Ochoa is uh, he's leaving. He's going back to Europe. He's going to Salerno, Italia, southern Italy, very close to Naples. How, how do we feel about this, Ricardo? Are you happy? Are you sad? Oh, I'm I'm ecstatic, man. You say that um, now because he didn't oh, want him in the team. Right? I'm <laughs> I'm I'm jubilant. I'm all all that wrapped up in one. But I will, what I will say is, I seen a picture of the uh, oh that place is going to. Man, that place is beautiful. Yep, that's like some that's some like uh, what's that uh, old Nazi movie the. <laughs> that black and white movie. Uh... What kind of movies you watching? <laughs> like Life <laughs> is Beautiful? Or are you talking about like, yeah, let's, just go, let's just go there with Life is like... Beautiful. Were you comparing that to the Holocaust? No, there's this one movie with like beautiful scenery. You want. That's what I'm saying. But, well, it's not there was no beautiful life. scenery. Life is Beautiful took place in a concentration camp. But the... Not in the beginning. <laughs> like two minutes, man. What? <laughs> oh, that's what I'm basing it off, man. So these people, man. No, I know what you mean. We're just messing with you. Um, shit, he must have been like, fuck it, dude. But what? He couldn't handle the heat. Is look at Paso. I think. Bro, look, he, his backup though for water, Jimenez and Malagón. Look, that looks like it's gonna be what's gonna happen. That. Those two are going to fight it out for the starting spot. Is Malagón, um, he was with Necaxa. Was he like on loan or did you guys buy him or what, what's the story there? I don't know. No, Malagón was with Morelia first, with Monarcas Morelia. 
and they disappeared and he went to Necaxa. Oh. And America just supposedly ru- rumor and indu- innuendo. America just bought him for 1.5. Uh-huh. And that's why he didn't play in their last uh oh. Copa Chocolate game they just had. Yeah. Um, I've been to Southern Italy, so I, I I didn't go to Salerno, but I've been I've been to Positano and Amalfi, obviously Naples, and yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. It's on the coast. Um, really hard to get to places unless you have like a boat, or if you trust public transportation, this this bus on the edge of a cliff. But it's <laughs> in my opinion, it's the it's the most beautiful part of Italy, the south the south. Um, so he's going to have plenty of scenery as far as, uh, like that team. Like, I don't understand why Ochoa just, despite his talent, just ends up at shitty clubs. Like, I don't, I don't understand it, dude. Like this guy, this guy was, uh, going to go to PSG. It was all, it was all done. And then he got, you know, flagged for Clembutrol and it went to shit, but that was the closest he he was um... at a big club. He got his French French nationality, right? He has a European passport. Yeah, to France, I think. I think he got it at Spain when he was playing at Malaga at one point. What was that, Habibi? Was he going to go to PSG, though? Because even, they even said at one point he was going to Liverpool. He, I mean, he, how, he actually said how, that they were like, it was done. Yeah. I thought that was Napoli that was almost done. It was PSG. Well, the, the guy's a pecho frio, and he couldn't handle it at a moment. <laughs> the only like, time this guy ever won anything. Case. What was that, Habibi? No, I was going to say, he should have fired his agent. If you were the cusp of PSG, and then you got left out due to the whole meat situation, and you never got another serious shot, at that point, just fire your agent. It's it's on, their, it's on their official website, league1.com. Axios Mexican superstar uh, was told how a doping scandal ruined his move to PSG three years ago. Yep. Well, I think America would be better off without him because he just couldn't handle the heat. Easy to blame, though, Choa. Was the Argentina going for America, Marchesin or whatever? The funny story about Marchesin is uh, Pelaez brought him, but Ricardo, uh, este, Ricardo La Volpe didn't didn't want him. Yeah, he didn't. Well, my question with Ricardo is who had a better career, Ochoa or Marchesin at America? Did if you're asking, if you're asking me, I yeah. think Marchesin has a better career, even though they have the same amount of titles. Yes, because Marchesin did it in way shorter time. So I, we got to put this in context. Ochoa, his only title he ever won was because he was literally part of the Real Madrid of of North America at that time. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Cuauhtémoc, Kleber, Yojo López, Hugo Castillo, Pavel Pardo. He was... Julio uh, Davin, he's part of the own, the greatest team I've ever seen, the greatest America team I've ever seen. And even then, he ate a three-piece in that final. 
2005? 2005 against Tecos. Was that the year he debuted? No, he, he debuted earlier than that, but that's, that's the only final he ever won. Damn, dude. That was a pretty stacked Tecos, too. Wasn't that like 28 Reese and all of them? Who was that? Tecos. Tecos, they had a pretty good team, too, though. Them Wasn't like Prime, Pony Ruiz, and all them fools on that team? Yeah. You're right, and they, they also had the flat top Ludueña. Oh. But that, that doesn't that excuse. Was beast. Was that doesn't part excuse of that team those too? three goals. No, I don't think so. Wait, maybe. At one point, right? Wait, let me check. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was Bofo and Navia, though. Nava, the Chileno. Nava's Chileno, dude, was good. He went to America as well, right? I believe so. But yeah, that Bofo, yeah. that Bofo combo. Too, yeah, they did. But, but that America team was better, was the way better than them. Yeah, I'm trying to find the roster there. So well, you're you're indifferent about this uh, this transfer. You don't really care for it. Oh, I care about. It. I'm care. I care that he's gone. <laughs> Dude, look, you you guys heard it from me here first. In the next season, we're gonna win it. Ooh, sorry, that belongs to Chivas. I'm sorry. Not you, you said that last season. Not. The governor of Jalisco already already called it. And Almeida vibes here. She was going to go for it. Hey, Hobo, America is the only one that has the, the obligation to win it every year, man. <laughs> I got to say that. You told me Hierro and Mamari and all that, they got the pressure too. There's been a lot of hype built around it. And I saw uh, Brizuela sending a cross and four Chivas guys in the box. I haven't seen that in like five years. So, <laughs> it looks like things are turning around. You guys had like the same team for like the it seems like the last ten years. That helps too, though. Not when you get old. No, one thing I will say about the Ochoa thing, uh, I think it's a really good move for America. Besides whether you like him or not, he has like top three salaries in the league. So the fact that you're able to get rid of that early and you know send him off to Europe and look like the good guy, I, I think it's a win-win for America. Yeah, because giving him a free transfer. Like, I was overpaid. Yeah, but the other option was they were in talks renewing his contract. So you still yeah, got rid of all... You're no longer putting all that money in. He's probably going to come back and retire at America. Nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Hopefully not, man. Where do you see him returning to then? He's going to cash out of MLS. Yeah, that's what Chivas. I was Watch him be at Chivas. No, nah, he's going to cash out at MLS. He might have like a one-day contract at America in a going-away game, but... Who uh, uh, has a point there, though? Chivas does happen to get all of America's scraps. Yeah, we're going to yeah, get Raul Jimenez. I was looking at that lineup. Jesus Corona was the goalkeeper for Tecos. You had... Uh, Flavio Davino, you had Ludeña, you had Juan Pablo Rodriguez, Lillingston, Carlos Morales. Yeah, Lillingston was nice. Yeah, 
But on the other side, you might be right about the being in the Real Madrid. You had Cuauhtémoc Blanco. You had uh, Piojo López, Aaron Padilla, Pavel Pardo, Germán Villa, Rojas, Davino, Castro, and Ochoa. Oh, I forgot about Padilla, man. That guy's... I get butterflies thinking about that team, man. <laughs> I never liked Lara or, or Villa. Hey, I thought they like were a, overrated. That was like a Mexico national team plus foreigners right there. So, so you guys agree that was like the real Madrid of uh, of America Latina, like in Cuervos, right? I don't know. Weren't you guys in uh, Copa Libertadores that year? How are you doing Copa Libertadores? I would say of Mexico, not of America Latina. Well, Mexico is America Latina, man. Those other countries don't matter. <laughs> you, you see all those Argentinians? That's why those Argentinos, those Argentinos, that's why their 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 currency is so devalued. They're all outside celebrating. None of them are working. <laughs> Dude, you see all those people came back to their cars and all the tires were gone? Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up, dude. Yeah, I saw that. Damn. Hey, man. Casualties of war. You win a World Cup, you lose tires. What do you want? You can't have it all. Also, uh, you guys, I, I've never heard of them. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of them. Some Argentina band, those Cal, Caligaris. Anyways, Mexico national team follows them. And the, one of the band members on Twitter, like, he just went off on Mexicans, called us maricones, called us doing wow. no sport. Uh, Damn. came out and they got rid of them. They said that they got rid of the dude. Yeah, it's an Argentina <laughs> band, and Damn. they said that you know it doesn't align with their views. I had never heard of them, but apparently they're big in Mexico. Everyone in Mexico loves them. Oh, and, uh, the wow. Mexico national team follows them, like so. Apparently, it's a big deal. And that, and that's what I'm saying to all the Mexican like Messi fans and the people that were like, oh yeah, get for Argentina. I'm like, bro, these guys don't give a fuck about you. In fact, they hate you. They don't, they don't have to. Come down. Oh, calmado. Calmado, they, they, like, like the guy that was trying to give them a sombrero, and they're like, we don't want that shit. I'm oh, like, that's dude. that's dumb, dude. Come on. I'm just Come saying, like, we're over you. here, like, licking their nuts, and they don't do, they're like, we don't, they don't care about hey, us. Don't say we, 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 yeah. I'm not say saying y'all. Up. I'm just saying. We, we son of manada. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not into that. I'm not. I'm not trying to like LARP or jump into someone's celebration and hear rep my shit. That's that's, that's why you got you guy, got people but... trying to be like Salt Bay, trying <laughs> to take photos with Messi and the World Cup trophy and some 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 dude <laughs> just the clout. some dude made a pretty good point on one of the comments. They were saying if Mexico was celebrating a win and they bring him like an Uncle Sam top hat, you think they were gonna put it on? Nah, but the, the Mexican sombrero is like a universal... Dude, you get those at Chevy's on your birthday. You go, nah, you go to Chevy's you on your like birthday, they give it. you a hat, bro. They give you sombrero. A Mexican restaurant. Of course, a Mexican theme restaurant. But... No, but there's a thing you think about Mexico. It's the World Cup. It's like the world coming together. The way I see it, if I win a World Cup and I have everyone, I got like Asian people, Africans, like throwing me like cultural things that are valid, they hold like special their heart and they're giving it to me as a gift as congratulations i take it and be like oh thank you thank you i want to be like i don't want this 
uh, Asian shit, this African <laughs> shit. So that's what he did. I don't want this Mexican shit sticking up your ass. That's yeah. really what he said. He didn't that say that. He said, that's he said, give it to a Trump. He's like, you're giving no, it to the wrong said, person. No, he said, por el culo y tu otro. Like, he said more than that. Watch the whole It's video. true. I seen, I, I seen that say, too. He didn't say to give it to a Trump. That's what he put the headlines if it was cursing word free. Watch the video. He says like six different insulting things. Yeah. Who who was it that was? Debo Martinez. Dude. Well, I, I I sort of have a theory on that because uh, like like you guys, I agree with you guys. That guy, because that guy that was doing that sombrero that was chasing the bus with the sombrero, he works for Tudene. He got exposed oh. on Twitter. No way. And he, yeah, and people were calling him arrastrado. What was his name? Vergüenza. Oh, I don't know, but he looked. Luis Galvez, I think. Luis Gabi, no, Luis Gabi. And, and I don't like using this word because I think it's, I think it's kind of like a played out, and it's not my vo- vocabulary. But when people did use it, I think this is like the most appropriate time to use it because this guy is a beta man. And I think <laughs> in general, a lot of these Mexico fans, they're betas too. Like you guys, Damn. I agree. They, they, they all want the. Oh, we 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 don't have our own stars, so we gotta leech off you guys. And hey, look at our sombrero, rep our some our sombrero. Didn't so uh, we, Pepe Aguilar's daughter like she's trying to claim Argentina now? Twenty five percent. The mom, maybe I don't know. She, she did the twenty three and me. We had a talk. You had a talk. Why well, all those 25%. leaks? I hope they're real. <laughs> Where's Ron? Yeah. No, I agree. They're better. They're simps because what they're doing is you're going at someone that does not like you. You know they don't like you, and you're doing everything you can to win their validation, to win their approval. That is simps better behavior. There, there you go. Validation. That's the word I was looking for. Where's Ron? I think he's seventy-five percent. No. <laughs> yes. Codazo coming in at the right time. So. I'm hearing echo. Anyone else? Yeah, I recommend if you're not speaking just to mute yourself so there's no echo. Yeah, it is what it is, man. You got uh, you got these celebrations. Good for them. Good for their country. But I'm not gonna try and latch myself onto that like Salt Bay, uh, trying to try to grab Messi's arm and like, yo, yo, let's take a photo. We're friends, right? We're friends. It's like, dude, fuck you, man. <laughs> that was pathetic. But you know what's going to happen? 2026, America, land of uh, influencers and crowds. Oh, God. It's be much worse. It, look, if the tickets for Qatar were 5,000 resale, where like people weren't even going to the stadiums, imagine the U.S. You're going to be looking at at least the cheapest one, 15 Gs. It's going to be all the rich of the rich going. It's just all clout. Um, what was that girl from Croatia? She set the standards, but you come to the United States, bro. That's like a LA six dog. We got, <laughs> there's going to be plenty of honeys in 2026, dude. <laughs> the cameraman's going to be busy. That's what was missing in the, in the, this world cup, right? Not enough eye candies. I remember in, uh, 2010, was it 2020 when Paraguay qualified? And there was that girl from Paraguay that she was like the Croatia chick. She was like the doll of the world. Whatever they want to. Oh yeah. Moniker Almost themselves. About that. 
And then I remember she started like trying to hit on Chicharito when he got eliminated. <laughs> I'm like, dude, all these clout chases, bro. Uh, some other action today. Raul Jimenez back at Wolves came on as a sub in the EFL and scored a PK, the the winning goal for for that match. So Raul's back in business. But I am a little concerned because they have Diego Costa now, and I think they just secured another striker. So yeah, they got a Cunha from Atlético Madrid. Yeah. 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 That's the only way that uh, Raul is scoring these days, man. Is a, on a PK. You know, dude, settle for what I'm on. That guy, that guy, uh, I don't know, needs to come back to Mexico and see if he can you know, get back in a groove, man. Because the fool can't, can't score anymore. I don't think he's don't allowed think back in Mexico after him going to the World Cup. <laughs> I don't think he wants think to. He wants I think to. he's safer, in, he's safer Europe. in Europe. Or MLS, I don't know, man, but I think he might be done, man. Well, it's good news for Wolves because, you know, if he keeps scoring like this, they're going to raise this price tag on America. Tigres is more likely to buy him. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Herrera. Oh, no way. Herrera's gone. Herrera's gone. Oh, he's gone. No, no, no. no, no. Tigres. America. Either one. Well, do you guys not think he could, uh, he could contribute to a Liga MX team? I 100% think he can. I think that I think that's where he needs to go back to, man. Because uh, ever since he got jacked up with the, the head injury, you know his head's not back into it. Maybe he needs a little bit more of a finesse league right now just to get his shit back together. Uh, that sounds like MLS. That's a that's a. <laughs> I think that's an MLS move. I think that's the smartest, safest because, like I said, he had to disable his comments and and all that, and there's still a lot of hate towards him. In Mexico, and I don't Mexico, think it's safe for him. No, no, Jaime, I said finesse, not amateur, man. Finesse? Well, you said safer, and I know you were referring to the comments and his well-being, but I think MLS would also be safer in the sense of medical treatment if something happens to him on the field. Yeah. Or safer in the in the point that no one cares that they play soccer in the U.S. That is true. He could go seven games without scoring and no one would say anything. Are you doing dishes again, man? No. <laughs> Elbow, yeah, are you on speaker? I'm speaking of toys. I'm on speaker. Echo is. <laughs> That's me? Yeah, that's you. Yeah, that's you. Hold on, I'm going to jump off, see if uh, we can fix this. Joel's trying to open his um, Soylent. Soylent? <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to get that bottle open. Soybot. <laughs> also, other safe point, woke culture. No one will be mean and aggressive to Raul because no one wants to get canceled. Everybody uh, would be nice. You know, like Think about it. Kid. Don't be mean to him. You go back to Mexico, you're the villain. You go to L.A. or you go to Miami or you go to Chicago, and you're going to be like the poster boy for th those clubs. So I could see him walking. Not, not see. This is, Jaime, this is where we see things are changing because a team like 
Galaxy already has had top players like Slaton, Bergkamp, so on and so forth. So they already have expectations for a player like Raul coming in. So yeah, but maybe other none of those players were not... Mexican. Yeah, but I mean, they don't depend on Mexico. Like they, those teams, like even LAFC, they kind of have like a. They already have like their followers and their season ticket holders, and so they're already filling up the stadium. They don't really need like Mexican casuals to come in to have so loud game. Of course, they're gonna want to come in and watch, but they're not dependent on them. So I think like some. Like maybe some other team, like this, like a San Jose, perhaps you know they they haven't really had Austin FC players. So San not... Jose, San Jose doesn't have any money, man. They 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 can't afford them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also Bro. I think from Mexican players haven't proved themselves outside of Carlos Vela. It's like they lost their value, their worth. Don't like... disrespect Chicharito. He scored like twenty oh, goals this weekend. Chicharito did last season, and that's it. <laughs> The, the, but the, before that, nothing. Giovanni Dos Santos, nothing. Jonah, nothing. The guys before them, nothing. I think Guatemala had Torres, a successful okay. career. Cubo Torres scored, what, five, six games, maybe, uh, with Houston, and that was about no, it. No, Cubo, Cubo did have a lot of goals. Yeah, Cubo. He was the top He was the top Mexican goal scorer up until Vela came okay, in. So but Cubo he, he did put good numbers. I mean, and and yeah. Cuau had, had a couple good seasons in Chicago. Yeah, he returned to Max, but he, he did good. I don't know. I just feel like the results haven't... Uh, yeah, the majority. The majority been has been bad. The majority has been bad. But there is a few that came in and they held the name of high. Uh, uh, Joel, how many seasons has uh, Pulido been over in, in MLS? Is it two? Four, two full seasons? Two or three? I think. He left in uh, 2020. So he had one really good season and the other one was fully injured, right? Well, so he, yeah, he was injured. But yeah. But that first season he he scored a lot. I don't know how many goals, but he was scoring. He was one of their Yeah, no, he scored a lot. I think he's averaging uh, a lot. Uh, What's a lot? Uh double Like five goals. Short of like have five seven goals short of having like goal per game, I think. Let's see. Wikipedia says he has 14 goals and 33 appearances for KC. Mm. Uh, but like, how about that first season, though? Well, I think it was that first season where he scored well, the majority of them. And then he got injured, if I have that right. He had uh, 12 appearances, six goals. And then this. In 2021, he had 21 appearances, eight goals. Yeah. I mean, not exactly setting the world on fire there. <laughs> I don't know. I'll go every other game. It ain't that bad. Yeah, he should have stayed at Chivas. He ended uh, top goal scorer, tied up for top goal scorer. They didn't want him. He, yeah. he sued them, didn't he? Why would he sue them? I don't know. Because of the transfer. Yeah. Didn't he have beef with Jota Jota? Yeah, yes. he did. Or Jota Jota had beef with him, but... They chose um, Jota Jota over him. That was part of the deal of J.J. Mack returning to Chivas. Well, they, they felt Pulido was one Karma. of the ringleaders of, of this Madrid. 
That's karma right there, though. See? He then won them, and then he goes and gets his ACL injury. Yeah, but I think they did the good job. I would have done the same. I think uh, had, I think had JJ not gotten injured, he would have been, he would have been a, like, would have had a good chance at being at the national team. And I think he's, he's more of the type of professional player the club wants, especially with, depending on youth a lot. So I, I, I feel they did the right choice, man. I would have. But I mean, I like Pulido. I would have liked him to stay, but it, it sucks when some of these players have that, that like they're just negative influence outside of the game. No, I like Pulido, and I was sad to see him go. I respect him, but uh, it was a good decision from a club level. Like, here's another Real Madrid reference. Papa Florentino has taught me, get the money from them while you can. <laughs> if, they, if they got 12, 13 million from Pulido, that is great. Why are you going to keep them for two, three more seasons and then you can only get two, three million tops? Someone they're in demand. They got to do the same thing. Like Vega. Vega, he gets contracted 2024. He doesn't show up in classicals, doesn't show up in Liguilla. If he gets 13 million for him right now, sell him. Take it. Yeah, but Chivas can't find it? players like that because they can't they find them. Another... Now they're sending him on the loan to San Luis. They should have, once he had that one decent season, fuck it, sell him. With, third, with some of the players... Million. I think you need to take they, the one off of that. You know, um, I think, I don't know if you ever heard the podcast of, like, Medrano. And I think it was uh, Nestor de la Torre. And he was talking about how they had Chivas and how they had the youth and how they already had it planned on which players was going to get sold really? and which ones were going to... Yes, yeah, yeah. So y'all need to hear it again. And it was very smart. And he, you know, they talked about how the majority of their money from their transfers came from player sales. The club wasn't really giving them money. They would have to negotiate it. And I think that's where uh, Nestor excelled a lot. Where he was... He, he got a lot of good deals or, or managed to get a lot of... Um, mm you know, players, because, um, cause, yeah, if you look at the type of players he brought in and even the ones that didn't work, but they were like Salvador Carmona, uh, and he talked about how that went bad. Uh, and then they brought Gonzo, Gonzo Pineda, who was a really good player, coming out of Pumas. Um, the other guy, Santana, Sergio Santana. I mean, these dudes were bringing, you know, they, they were doing really good. In the transfers, uh, they got Palencia. Um, but I think that's one of the things that's been missing, too. I don't think kind of since he left, they kind of haven't had anyone that was able to, like, negotiate. And Bergara was never good at that. He, he seemed to, like, alienate the other owners. And he will make comments and say stuff like, nobody wants to sell to Chivas. And I remember, uh, I think it was Oblegi that called him out and was like, I gave you a prize. You never, like, you never got back to me in America. And this was on uh, Oribe when, when they first bought it, when, when he went to America. And he was saying how, how America just were, you know, more professional about it. Oblegi's so a shrewd businessman. Yeah, well, I mean, and I think that's missing. And I think, sadly, that's going to be missing with, with the Iron Man, I don't think they're gonna be able to like 
or that's why they haven't been able to get more players just because just how the league is and you kind of have to know you kind of have to have connections you know so so what you're basically saying is that Vergara uh, here's the Godfather reference he's like the Philip to talk to talk the uh, <laughs> of the Liga MX owners he's like like the Godfather said oh he's a pimp he's a he's a nobody He's fucking the thumb off. The rest of the guys are making the big boy moves. Damn. Nah, that's that's kind of messed up. No, I mean, because he, at one point, Vergara was very influential. Um, he's been credited with getting Hugo sacked and bringing in um, Sven Goran Eriksson. But that's also and, where he lost some of that power. <laughs> yes, when when that went south, and and you know, because they brought that coach that was. He was at the time world class, you know. He coached England, and he he was coaching in EPL, and he, you know, he had his his wins and whatnot, and he couldn't even. He's struggling to beat Canada. Um, yeah, he lost a lot of juice after that, and then uh, when he lost a lot of money, I think this is where a lot of fans uh, forget, where um, the club was because club was losing a lot of money. And that's one of the reasons why Angelica had so much say with Chivas, because she actually owned a big chunk of it. From because she invested in the in the team, and I think also in the company, uh, Only Life. And so then at that point she was she was the one doing moves too. And according to uh, Pato Bravo and Luis Mitchell, she was very hands on. <laughs> Yes, sir. Damn, they said that? Yeah, I thought I was tapping the cheeks. They haven't said it by me. It's been rumors. Oh, they didn't. I thought I was like, damn. I mean, they after actually... those rumors came out, they left out of the club. And That's the yeah, they were. They haven't been heard of. Legends. I wouldn't call them legends, but like guys, you know, <laughs> leave the club, come back, say hi, catch up on good times. Uh, those guys have not mentioned Chivas once again. <laughs> well, there's no one left now, I think, that would care for Angelica because she's not, she's not a Maori, you know. She's not, a, you know, it's just a stepmom. <laughs> not anymore. Oh, yeah, was, what, what was the thing? Could, could, yeah. could, you're correct, sir. He doesn't like her. Um, where were we, though, man? I feel we strayed way off the top. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. What the but... fuck were we talking about? <laughs> you guys were talking about money moves. Yeah, money. There you go. You guys were talking about Pulido and it ended up going this way. Oh, like, like yeah, like QS is going to be hard for them to bring in players because they don't, uh, just Iron Man, he's, he's, the donors are not, the, the, what is it, the promoters are not going to give a fuck that Iron Man is tied to Real Madrid or whatever. You know, it's, it's all about making the moves. Uh, and and you kind of have to go through them where it's like, we'll give you a coach, and then we, you know, they do the package deal, man. They send you a coach, and they send you three or four players already. Hey, but you got Perez Bouquet playing without signing promo boot. That's a big sign. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully there's that other kid, Chevy. I I know he was injured for a long time, so um, I hope he's recovering. Oh, you mean Honda? Oh, he's Honda. 
no, no, Ricardo de Bacchus. El Camino. El Camino Martínez. Hey, Volvos are secure cars, man. They are. You're right about that. But every time that magazine comes out or that list of like the 20 wonder kids in the world chivas always has like four of them on there and none of them ever play out i know like carlos fierro was the big one you know he, he never loaned him out to a team where where, where the player's never gonna play hey but but you know what say what you want about fierro he i know he didn't like he's not national team or or he didn't like stand out he still had a very good career and he got to have like dude his cabinet at home has gold. He was part of the doblete. He has the under 17. He has a couple of trophies up there, man. That's a very few are gonna achieve that. Very few players. He's the only one that it. panned out from that uh that World Cup win. And I do want to say one thing about Ricardo's comments. Thing that Chivas always has whatever and they'll pan out. Hey, it's not a Chivas thing, it's a Mexico thing. What Mexican kids have panned out to be wonder kids and like live up to it? Remember uh, Martin Galvan from Mar- Mar- yeah. oh, at 15 and had like the biggest hype around them. What happened to Diego Lainez? Diego Lainez, like, it's there. a Mexican thing, it ain't a Chivas thing. Let's get that. Very, very few, very few. Lainez Mar- didn't even get on the bench. Uh, the only ones have been Hugo Sanchez and Rafa Marquez and Chicharito to an extent. Cortemo Blanco. Cortemo, Cortemo Blanco. Well, yeah, well, we were trying to be a level. coach, and look what happened. Your team <sighs> fired him for being Mexican. <laughs> well, I didn't hear your comment. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> to a certain extent, Andres Guardado's had a uh, successful career. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but we're talking like Wonder Kids. That's what we're talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. That high level. Like, Bella should have been one of them, for example. He, and oh, for sure. To a degree, I mean, he was voted third best foreign in La Liga beside, behind his channel Messi. I mean, that's high-level stuff right there. Mm-hmm. No, Martin Galvan didn't pan out after he, I think, wasn't he sneaking in prostitutes into the room or something like that? That's right. He... <laughs> you know them horny Mexican kids. Out, out, it wasn't in the U.S. <laughs> that's, that's been, this is why, Colosso, that's why I feel hurts uh, the Mexican team and the talent that at that young age, mm-hmm. they already get so much money, way more compared than like in uh, most countries, like even in Europe. And it's it's hard to imagine that a lot of times, you know, like like you, even Camo was saying it, and like Camo said it in, uh, in the Maestros, but I've heard other players say it in other shows. Um, and I think they just get so much money that it's like, like you kind of lose that drive because you already made it. You already have like a house, you own a car, you kind of achieved everything already. Well, I, I think overall, man, I think the, the the Mexican player lacks professionalism, man. Like I get that it. That too. But, yeah, but well, that's I, not on the player. I mean, that's on the club. One thing I do uh, congratulate Jorge Vergara for doing well. Remember he had, he had on like on the school. And if they wanted to be like first team players, they had to go to school, like get a degree or an associate's degree, whatever. Like actually do something with their life because he wanted. That to was under uh, Nest. That was under Nestor, right? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was under them. 
But uh, the reason Which I is... bring that up, Orbelin right now, he said in an interview that where he started doing is he's taking English classes after his practices in Greece. Hey, I applaud that because, you know, it's something yeah. you need if you want to be in Europe. But that should be going on at the youth level. Oh, it should that be, should but... Be... But but again, and it's one of those things that Hugo Sanchez was talking about at one point, which was, uh, which yes. was, you 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 lay you lay down the foundation, right, and and try to teach them and guide them to do this some of this stuff. But Hugo, for example, was the one who stayed on the field and after after practice and practice for a lot longer, or studied something, or, or you know. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a dentist. Yeah. No, no, he and, actually, and I, just, I just mean study the game too, man. Like, oh, our, our, no, 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 but, but he yeah, is, he, yeah. But no, no, you're right, you're right. No, no, but, you're right, but, he did study the game, but, but he also studied a, a and profession. I understand, and I understand when people say, you know what, let him go party, let him do this, that, and the other. It's your profession, man. You got to be ready to come out and, and, and work the next day, man. Party, partying messes you up, man. If you're going to be a pro, be a pro, man. That, and and that's, that's what's lacking in, in Mexico. Did you see the the show, um, the Los Maestros? I did. Yeah, I saw. I saw the. I saw when Chepo talked. To, yeah. Yeah. He, he was saying how they won't even, like, the players don't even know who they're playing against. Like, oh yeah. You know. Yeah, there was a nice little debate between him and and La Volpe during that that, that <laughs> session, but. But they actually took took Chepo's uh, side on that. Yeah, but that's no surprise, Joel. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, uh, Chepo could have raped a bear and you would have took his side. <laughs> mm -hmm. Depends but, what kind of bear it was. But no, but, no, uh, it's yeah. a good. It's a good debate. But yeah, no, no, you definitely you you know these people have to teach these these guys how to be professional in the youth system. Once they get to the big leagues, yeah, somebody has to kind of help them out a little bit. But they need to do some of that work on their own, man. They can't yeah, be but, babied and coddled and all that stuff, man. And 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 it's always going to be a big problem with the Mexican player because they prefer they prefer uh, going out to chupar than to studying who it is that they're guarding the next day. Yeah, and like learning <laughs> English. He, Hans was the other one of, of the that he talked about how a lot of the players wouldn't even wouldn't even go and study English and whatnot. Yeah, but I mean, well, he said he said the majority the not responsibility of the club because you know you're investing so much money in them. You want to guide and give your investment as much sense of direction. I mean, because when you've never been in that situation, you might not know how to act. You might not know how to act out. I'll give you an example. You know, being raised in the U.S. with my parents being raised in Mexico. When I came here to, you know, from high school to college, my parents didn't know what ACT, SAT, college admissions, college visits applying for financial aid, uh, AP classes. So I could have gone home and done zero homework or not done any testing, and my parents would have thought I was doing a great job because I was going to school every day. So that, True. And uh, as opposed to American kids whose parents have been through that, who might be college graduates and stuff, they give them that sense of direction. That's what I'm saying. The, the, these, like Martin Galvan, if he was putting in prostitutes at 15, his parents think he's probably doing a great job because he's at Cruz Azul and he already debuted it. But that comes on responsibility. And for the he, club as well. he bought them a house already and like a yeah, they think he's a little market. They, but if that you got off, I put a huge responsibility of that on Cruz Azul for not protecting their investment and directing them as well. And I put that blame on the majority of the clubs for not having them on the English classes, for not having them on you know guiding them how they should. No, but, yeah, and, and I agree with you. And I agree with you, Al. But uh, like, 
there, there's this part of it. Once they're they're full grown adult professionals and stuff, yeah, you you can't babysit and handhold them. These guys have to do some of that work on their own, right? Yeah, if they've laid down the foundation, if they've laid down the foundation and 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 given them the tools to to to, to do some of this stuff, these yeah, guys also have to take a little bit of responsibility on their own. Yeah, it's it's the whole leading the horse to water. You lead it to water, but you can't force it to drink. Yeah, and and, and, I, and and I'm not saying clubs don't have responsibility because they 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 really do, you know, to to make sure that these these guys are are, are true professionals, right? And, yeah, and that but they I have mean, to, that, to 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 an extent because we keep forgetting stuff like that costs money. Uh, so if like you said in the budget, I know some of them offer stuff, but then it's it's up to the player to want it as well because. I mean, these guys have a lot of free time. Right? Exactly. They, they, they go and they what? They practice for three hours? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And that's it, dude. And then the rest, you, you, they they have all this free time to do stuff. And, and the majority say, fuck it, you know? They're, they're, they just go you, you and can't hang out. Be, you can't be holding their hand either the, the entire time. They eventually have to, like you said, after the training and all that is done, yeah, you so, have to so, take care of business yourself. For sure, no. They got hair on their balls, man. They they should know how to do some of this stuff. <laughs> one of those guys uh, from Maestros was talking about, and, I, and it was during the whole uh, that one chapel part when they were talking about the players, and they said a story about how the the players were asking uh, the coach or someone like, like what they needed to do to get to like the next level or something, and he's like, "All right, show up tomorrow at six a.m." And they were like, "Fuck that." We're good oh, like yeah. this. Oh, yeah, it was uh, somebody that Chepo had played for. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the, the players were asking him, and he's like... Yeah, was was it Hans? No, I don't think it was Hans. Who else was I think it was from... It was, I think, from his time as a player. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was from his time as a player, but it, I think it was like a foreign coach, though. Yeah, and he's like, come, come in. It's, come in. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, no, nah, fuck that, yeah. I, you know, one thing I hated, uh, La Volpe cut him off. And this guy was talking about the 74 Naranja Mecanica team. And he was, because he was talking about um, Leo Benhacker, because he got to, he got to work under him when uh, Benhacker was at America. And he was talking about one of the assistants. And uh, dude, fucking La Volpe <laughs> just changed the conversation right away. That was like my only dislike for La Volpe, where he seems like. Oh, he'd like to take he, over the conversation, yeah. He no, but, but said, also like, he like he said, already, sure, mess equipo. He seems very set in his ideas where he didn't want to like, like God, I already know the way, you know, it's like, who cares about that? <laughs> well, that's the point I was going to break up right now, because, uh, you know, how we talked about earlier, like, you can tell that. Uh, this Chivas coach is actually having the influence as far as the tactics, formation, yeah. playing style. Like, for the first time in years, as you see Chivas, they actually have a sense of, like, the playing style, what they're trying to develop. And somebody commented, this is why all these domestic coach hate on foreigners coming in, because uh, the guy he has from Manchester United, his assistant, he's in the stands through, during the Chivas game with the walkie talkie in his hands, and everything he doesn't like, he sends them over message to uh, the coaching staff. 
And then someone was like, this is why all these domestic coaches hate because somebody comes in and tries to be professional, tries to be well-rounded on their job, you know, like the 6 a.m. practices or whatever the case might be. And everyone, it makes everyone else look lazy. It makes everyone else look <laughs> dumb. Say, hey, man, no, you're making us look it. bad. <laughs> we don't work that hard no, over here. No, not everyone, because Hans is well-liked. And Hans was like that. He ended up at at Pachuca and whatnot. And, and I, I, no, well, there, yeah, there is a little bit of that. I, 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 but about, what about his peers? The guys that, imagine you're the, Hans comes in and there's been people in the Fuerzas Basicas for, 15, 20 years, and Hodge comes in and says, y'all, you guys could be doing this a lot more better, and he overhauls your system. Now you look like a punk, especially if it pays off. Those are the people I'm talking about, his peers, not his bosses. Of yeah, course, okay. he's going to be happy if things change. But what about, like, no. Adeloso and all those other guys before him? I'm out, he's like, how come those guys never did any of this? Well, I mean, I think they do. Because, and then again, I, I go back to that show. A lot of these dudes went to Europe and, and spent time over there and got to, to, to see, like, like even Chepo was talking about, one of his connections set him up with AC Milan. And he got to even stay there at, at, the, at their clubhouse and, and see through the practices and everything. And a, a lot of some of these other coaches have done the same. I forgot who through Rafa Marquez, ended up going to Barcelona and, and meeting with Pep and, and just being there when they're running their practices. And whatnot. So a, a lot of these guys do that stuff. Yeah, but that, just, you're talking about Chepo, who's elite. I mean, Chepo's elite in the sense that he's won league titles and he was the coach of the national team. Whether he did well or not, he reached that high peak of success because he prepared like that. But are we saying that the majority of coaches in Mexico protect that stuff? Because they don't. Yeah, well, and, and I, I agree with Al on that whole. And I, I, I don't see that from too many of the Mexican coaches, right? So you you may have uh, Chepo who did that. Uh, Nacho Ambriz probably did a lot, a little bit of he that. Did. No, a lot because because he was in in with with um, with uh, Vasco, yeah, with Vasco, and he right. even coached Atletico Madrid. Right, so and so hard it is to believe that he has right. such a few games there under his belt. Yeah, no, and and so uh, and uh, I did the, one of the other shows, I think it was uh, Spicy Football. Uh, Juan Carlos Osorio was talking about that about Mexican coaches maybe not branching out and doing enough of that as well, mm. and. Uh, you know, it makes some sense, right? It, you know, it's it, if you can if you can uh, get leadership that can lead help, and help build professionals. That's a good thing. That's a that's a good thing for 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 the league. Wasn't like Juan Carlos Osuero like uh, <laughs> spying on some practice? Like he like lived on the house across he the street rented, yeah. from the training he ground. United, no? Yeah. City, no, I think it was City. City, maybe it was City. He rented a room, like, or he he asked the people that live there if he could, like, hang out in the second floor window because it was right on the field. But so I think cause he, he did get to work on one club, like setting up orange cones. And then for the other club, he would just go and see what they were doing. <clears throat> but, the, but the walkie-talkie stuff, do you guys remember when America did it with back in La Puente days? And they had this one coach, I forget his name, I think he... Was it Carrillo? Up there? No, not Carrillo. Oh, I don't know who was up there. I thought it was La Puente. 
but they had some other guy who ended up he ended up in Guatemala. Like no one ever gave him a chance after that. After that, that didn't work out for them. Carlo, you know, was it something Luna, Luna or something like that? Or yeah, yeah, Luna. Luna that was last name sounds familiar. Yeah, I know uh, Piojo did it when he got like the walkie-talkie stuff. When he got like. Uh... I think suspended. He he was on the walkie-talkie. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that when they get suspended. But but I I think what what Al's referring to is like maybe an, an assistant coach over there, kind of yeah, kind of having a that bird's eye view, man. You know, a, 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 but they do yeah they do that a lot. In, uh, is that is that right, uh, Al? Habibi. Habibi. Al Pastor. He he left. No, oh, they've done it in Max before. They they've done it in Max before. Uh, uh, you know, they have coaches, uh, assistants watching from the from the stands. It's like in the NFL. Sometimes they have like an offensive coordinator up top, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. And it, 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 it's really not the worst idea to have somebody up and you know in the palco just. Yeah, because you can see view, people right? out of position, or you can catch things that you won't you wouldn't see from the field level. Yeah, in real time. Because yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's what Michel Leano does now for you guys. <laughs> he's the fact that he's still there is kind of scary. He's still there. <laughs> oh Jesus! Dude, they never they never officially sacked him, and as long as the that what is that family um. The Akron, the, the Martinez, or, oh, or whatever. Yeah. He's he's tied. He's dude. He's tied to that. They, yeah. Dude, seriously, they never made an official announcement. They didn't really say what they were gonna do with him. Yeah. Did nothing. Really. He's our he's our team Albanian now, man. <laughs> he's, he's no. He's like those dudes that failed upwards. Yeah. He just he just ended up in some high office position. <laughs> They they actually created a department for him in Chivas. They're saying on W Deportes. I believe it. Holy <laughs> snap! All right. He gets his own they, desk. I, I, I thought you were joking at first, but no, seriously. No, I believe in Internacional Deport Promoción Internacional, something like that. Seriously. Yeah, dude, yes, yeah. Emeritus. I thought he would get that gig, gig after he won all yeah, those yeah, all those cup yeah. titles, man. Including EPL dude. in the World Cup, man. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, man. But while we're on the topic of Chivas, we cannot ignore their performances in the Copa por Mexico last night. I've man, I don't know if I was witnessing. Uh, Chivas, if I was witnessing uh, France out there, they scored four goals against Santos. And the player that has been getting the most shit, Ormeño, man, shut me up with a hat trick. And uh, which, she- which, which will later, if he does have a good season, uh, send apologies to Perlite. Nah, but uh, <laughs> he's like, no, nah. <laughs> I will say, you know, uh, there's 10 teams uh, in this tournament, and Chivas are the only ones that have a perfect record. And the way things shape up, there's no, like, knockout phase. It's just, like, uh, accumulation of of points, and the number one team in Group B faces the number one team in Group A, and as of right now, it's America versus Chivas in the final. 
Oh, nice, nice. But I believe there's still some more uh, fixtures to go. Uh, America also won their match. They beat Toluca 2-0. But, yeah, uh, it's one of those things that I think I think you put it you put it right at one point uh, when we were chatting on, on the chat, Jaime, and that's the uh, the the Carlos Ochoa comparison. Yeah, with with all that, and, and so until until I see uh, Armando producing during the regular season, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get overly hyped up about hey, it. Hey, Ochoa's goals will put Chivas at the Libertadores. That's true. This so, is true. I, I, <laughs> but he did suck after that. <laughs> I remember when Carlos Ochoa, you know, was uh, announced as a you know signing, excited because he had he was one of the players that went to Osasuna, right, with Aguirre. Yeah, Aguirre was like one of my regrets was not taking Ochoa to the World Cup. Then he takes him to Osasuna and he, mm-hmm. he does nothing. Yeah, and uh, I don't know where he ended up after that, but he ends up at Chivas has an incredible preseason interliga. And we're like, this is going to be our guy for the next couple of years. He's going to be our guy. And uh, he's like, sorry, guys, I ran out of goals. Uh, that was it. That's all I had. <laughs> and uh, obviously with Ormeño, him just joining Chivas was very controversial. They had to bend some rules to just to get him to, to join and uh, didn't do a fucking thing. And now in preseason, he scores a hat trick. I will say for his mental... And, uh, you know, for the mental health and for just having the confidence as a striker, this will be a big a big ego stroke for him, and that's exactly what you need. And hopefully he he, he channels this and, and he, he, has, he does it in the regular season. Um, yeah, it, it, it takes a while sometimes. I mean, he was, he was having really good seasons at Puebla. They take him to Leon where the, the coach just preferred some, the other guy they had there. And just didn't really use him, and then he he comes into Chivas kind of with the pulvora mojada, and then he, you know, to top it off with all this other pressure on it, and um, just I guess that that affected him a lot. And but I think if if he's, you know, shit has died down, and he managed to shake a lot of that off, shake off those cobwebs, and and if he could maintain his form. I mean, because I don't really see no reason why he should. I don't think he sucks. I think he's a pretty good uh, striker. Yeah, it's just like you go into Chivas and the camisa pesa and a lot of pressure. And, you know, when you're a striker, you're expected to score goals. And if you go on a dry spell, it just starts to accumulate. And, and the coaches, too. I mean, uh, sometimes coaches have you playing a certain way. And if this guy hasn't playing in a way that suits him better or, or is better for him. Even, even that, you know, you, even, even that has a, an effect. One of the other things to look, to look towards for the Chivas season is uh, Jota, Jota is supposed to return. What is it? March, April, February. He had said February. Okay. Yeah. He said in an interview, but I, I do think by March, he should be like, at a hundred, I'm guessing. So, is this going to be the season or no? I, I don't. I don't. I'm not as. I'm not as confident as Jaime. I do oh, think that I'm only a saying coach. it. I'm only saying it because of the mayor or the governor of Jalisco called oh, it. Oh, el gobe. He, <laughs> he must have been on that Leano shit. 
<laughs> I, I could he see went, them going to the Yuya. Guys, because she was going to be champions. I'm like, holy shit, dude, calm down. <laughs> She, she was, in, and I've, I've been doing the, the, the numbers and I've been telling people, but I, I, I just, I get, I get no respect. <laughs> I, I've been showing the numbers for the league, for, I mean, for Chivas the past seasons. And for the most part, they were about five points from top four. And it's, you know, it's, it's a very league with all these teams are very close. And you know it's it's only like two games where, where it's like if they would have won two games, they would have had like just would have all of a sudden would have been considered a phenomenal season. But you know having lost those games or not being able to win, all of a sudden you're like in eighth, ninth, and now it seems like you're mediocre. So it's it's kind of funny how we how we like judge these, things. especially I would say Mexico fans how we how we will judge a whole performance, uh, which I was having a. A discussion with some gentlemen on Twitter because they were saying how Mexico's mediocre, and I'm like, dude, well, can you prove it that they're mediocre? Because they're, you know, like, show show me the money type of thing. Just saying it, that's that's more like your feelings. But to maintain at a top 15 for the past 30 years, that's you 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 can't be mediocre and stay that high. So, so is fifteen the bar? Is that the the crossing line where mediocre and good separates the teams? No, I I think that's just because we're going off of our how what we we believe the team should be at. You know, we have like these high standards that we'll set for the national, not for ourselves, but we will put it for the national team. Uh, <laughs> and it's 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 just because it's very difficult. It's, it's very difficult to to maintain at that spot. There's over 200 teams. Um, and it's, it's, we've been seeing even recently, it should be more obvious, right? Italy missing in three World Cups, Germany not being able to make it out of the first round in the last two World Cups. And if we're looking at a team that you could say, who's doing shit right? It would be like Germany. They've held on to the coach. They won the World Cup. They got a top league. They got top talent. They got youth. You could say, ah, these, you know, they have it spot on, and then they get to the World Cup and they shit the bed. So it's, it's, and it's, you know, I'm gonna say part of it is because it's, it's a very short tournament. It's only three games, um, so they end up looking bad, and, and that's kind of what happens with Mex. A lot of times, it's just three games, one bad game, and that's it. You know, Mex was what could have been a tie, in um, any just. Which game we would have said maybe Poland came, ball could have gone our, our way, and they would have been through to the next round. But overall, that performance is not that far off from how they've been doing since 94. But isn't expecting that 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 penalty that one penalty called or that one loose ball won or that one yeah. red card not called? Isn't that the isn't that exactly what mediocre is in football? It depends how you're judging it, you know. I'm just saying, Mexico is at the level they've been, where it's it's when they get to the World Cup, they're basically one win, one draw, one loss. That's kind of how they they always been when they when they do better, they'll have like what two wins. What was it? Two wins when they they beat Ecuador and Croatia, I think. Oh, 
See, see, I wouldn't call Mexico mediocre either, Joel. I wouldn't wouldn't exactly call them good either. I would call them, they're just the Mexico level there, right there. (laughs) Well, they're good, but but they're not like at the level of like an Argentina or France. But those teams aren't good. Those teams are the exception. Those are like, like, like just top five of like Germany, France, Brazil, Argentina, and, and then whoever is at the moment doing really good. Um, and those are it, man. This is just a, a, a small group of elite teams. But I do think Mex is good in the sense that they, they have maintained a consistent level for that long. To stay that consistent throughout like all tournaments. I, I, but I think we we look down on that because we want them to do, to do even better, to to bust like what, what um, what was it Morocco, who was it kind of would, you know, to do one of those deep runs even if it's only, and, and we we've seen it with some of these teams that do a deep run and then they disappear for the next three World Cups. I think it's like Mexico is due for one of those deep runs. Um... Based on just in, I don't know, I think we just live uh, a little bit in the unrealistic world of being here, one of the giants of, of our region. You started going to the World Cup and thinking, oh, yeah, we're we're good enough to win one, but we're very far away. Wait, from wait, the- wait, good, in, good enough to, I don't know who's ever thought makes good enough to win the World Cup. I think it's just like the desire to win everybody wants to be a world cup champion bro and no i know but as a fan as a fan if you're looking at the max team well like uh, and, and why, you're comparing them to the yeah but i'm just saying like are we really that far off from from a yes at least <laughs> yes. not i'm not saying from like yes, a world, yes, i'm just saying like <laughs> top four finish i don't think we're that far off from a top four finish we could like oh at a world cup yeah. well yeah and it's and it's and it's because it's you're telling me we can't do the shit that Morocco did. I, we can do that. Our players can do yeah, that. Yeah, because it's because it's one-off games. Well, that's know? what I mean. And, and like that's that's that's, it, that's well, realistic. It is. It is because they're one-off games. But I think this is where people like they they're not seeing it. Where it's like the World Cup was just one tournament, and you could just get lucky in that one tournament. You end up looking good, and your team really isn't that good because then you'll see them shit to bed for the next three years. Right, well, that's how, you, that's, you that's just had like a good tournament. That's how, how I feel happened? about Spain, man. Oh. <laughs> I, honestly, they had. I thought, to me, they had one good tournament. They're they're more well, Mexico but, than but, they are Germany, man. <laughs> no, you're right, but 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 aside from that being a good tournament, they had some world class players like Javi Iniesta and right. It was, it was their golden like, generation. Like, yeah. um, that uh, Sergio Ramos and. Castellitos had like a wealth of talent that was not only playing at the highest level, but winning. These guys were winning Champions Leagues and winning their leagues. That's a lot of winning right there. Yeah, yeah no, that was definitely their, their, their golden generation. But since since then yeah. and before then, it was just no. Come come said it. Come said it in the last of the maestros. He said, "Why is Spain being?" held to such high standards when they've only been to one final, they only won once. Like, 
if you look at the World Cup records, they they're rarely in, they're really like fighting for those top spots, you know. And he's right; it was because of that of that team that was around for maybe two cycles and looked really good. So two well, cycles because be like the years. league, the league is uh, competitive. Well, yeah, because no, and because because they were linked to like Madrid and Barcelona, so that's kind of more of of where the expectation comes from from the clubs more than the national team. But he's right. Those that team's not like traditionally at the World Cups. Not not one of the main contenders. But, but I tend to agree with Jaime. Like Mexico, it, you're it doesn't have the elite players. But if you think about it, Mexico aside from that, it 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 has like a elite vibe to it when it comes to like fan base. Like, oh yeah. And things, things outside of the actual football, Mexico has, like, elite status in that, you know? And it's just crazy that I get your point where Mexico, where you say Mexico is, is consistent with them just uh, being consistent in the World Cups, right? But, yeah, World other tournaments they play in, they're, they're pretty consistent. Uh, yeah, you know? Gold Cup and, and Copa America, the two finals. I get that. Yeah, and semi, like three semifinals, yeah. For sure. But what what just well I guess what rubs me the wrong way is you see these teams like Morocco, even Costa Rica, and these other like uh, dark horse teams that happen to make it past way past what Mexico ever has gotten to, and just Mexico and it seems like in every single World Cup, Mexico just never has that luck or that <laughs> in any game whatsoever. We just get the shit end of the stick for whatever reason. Well, yeah, and then look at, look at, we have a chance to close out that that, that, that group, like, for example, with uh, Osorio, right? We beat Sweden, and we, we avoid Argentina, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so, again, it, part, part of it's on, on Mexico to, 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 to get some of that luck or to create that luck for themselves, right? Or position themselves the right way. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, we've gotten a raw deal every once in a while, man. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that one Argentina game... I don't know, was it in that when um sorry I meant Brazil. No, but there was the one Argentina game where the ball Davis gets kinda of almost pretty much gifted the goal. Does he hit the goal? Does he hit the ref? In twenty ten, I think it was. Well uh Davis got a goal when he was standing blatantly offside, man. <laughs> that one, that one is pretty Davis yeah, was like was... five yards offside, man. <laughs> Yeah, we're all expecting like a, a repeat of the 06, a more close, you know, more intense match. And this guy right away gets gets a gift and a goal pretty much. And it's crazy. Like you you guys mentioned that. And we all we always seem to run, run, uh, run into these fuckers in the World Cup. <laughs> and they always eliminate Mexico in the worst possible way. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's the Coco right there because in the the players, I, I don't think they, you know, they they still see them as a boogeyman. I'll say as opposed to Brazil because they they, you know, Mexico has beaten Brazil across all levels. That when they face them now, they're more like, well, we could beat you because they've done it at, at Confederaciones, uh, even Copa Oro Olympics. You know, they've done it in, in 
they they took a tie from them in in Brazil during the World Cup, so they they have that that confidence. But with Argentina, it's only like one, I think, one official win, I believe. Copa America 2004. That's it. Yeah, the rest have been pretty brutal. Prison ass rapes is like. That's why that one guy said, hey, we love Mexico. You guys are, you make great boxers and you guys make great music. But when it comes to soccer, just there's no chance. There's no chance in hell. He was exaggerating a bit. He was right about something. So he, he was exaggerating. I just think it's it's getting that get, getting that monkey off the back. Like that's why that's why to me that that Copa Oro win in ninety what's it ninety five when they when they beat Brazil at the Copa Oro and it was Cuauhtémoc and Luis Luis Garcia scoring and I think that to me was like kind of like catalyst for Mex like just getting some big wins because. From from that point on, it's when they started piling on wins or playing I think, Brazil. I, what? I think I think if Maxi Rodriguez doesn't make that goal in 06, that's that's the monkey off our back right there, man. And and it could have probably gone to penalty. We would have probably right. still lost that game. <laughs> oh, <be> <laughs> damn. But but damn. But that 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 game in particular, because of the competitiveness of it, right? to lose it in the way that it, that it happened. It was a great goal, and I can't even look at it. And, uh... It took a great goal to beat us that day, but at the end of the day, man, it's like they don't even see us as a you know contender. They don't even see us as a rival. They just we're like a doormat. No, we're, we're a doormat Where Brazil has respect for us. Yeah. Argentina well, yeah. think, thinks of us Mex- as cockroaches. Mex- well, Mex just needs to play them more. It's kind of how the U.S ended up having Mexico's number. They ended up scheduling friendly every year. Mex wouldn't take it. They wouldn't take it serious. They would just go shopping and, and they'll just get the team together two days before the match and then show up. The U.S. would be training. It was like Rocky Three and, and U.S. Was, yeah, it was Clover Lang just fucking in the in the Mex's Rocky when, he's, when it's like the, he's practicing but it's all the media and, and He's taking a picture. Yeah, I I will well, say wait, let, me, uh, wait, let me finish real quick. Yeah. But but I mean because that's kind of I, when I was like paying more attention to football and I keep seeing all these wins. And I used to get I, I used to like I used to be in big soccer back then. And it was only like I was like the only beaner and it was like all these like gringos. And I'd be like, nah, it's, it's just a friendly dude. We, we, we throw that one away. And it kept happening, and then um, fucking Copa America '95, and they beat Mexico on penalties. And I was like, "Oh fuck!" Well, this wasn't a friendly. And then um, fucking what was it? 2002. Two, <laughs> man. When I saw that we, we were facing them by that point, I was like, "Oh fuck!" I did. This is like, I was like, "Shit!" I just, I don't, you know, I, I wasn't confident, dude. I was in a no seeing it as a fan. And you, were yeah, hearing, you, were, you were hearing Clubber Lang's grunts, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they asked him, when, when they asked him about the prediction, what, what's your prediction for the match? Pain. He says, pain. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it, dude, pain. And yeah, they, they end up fucking winning that match. And then after that, they kind of kind of had gotten into Mexico's head where they were like, 
like, um, you know, the whole Columbus and all that. And it took years for Mexico to, to turn that around where it was like, because then they were even going into Azteca and, and taking out draws. Yeah. Right. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't until 09 that, that Mexico was able to shake that monkey off their back. Yeah. That, well, yeah, that, that one, um, it, they were losing two, right. When my boy Chapo, they're losing two zero and they flip it and end up no, winning four was, two. Uh, no, 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 no. That was five zero. It was Vasco. This Vasco. Huh? Five zero. Vasco when he fielded uh, Vela and MGO. Five zero. Yeah. That was that was Vasco. Yeah. Yeah. Two thousand eleven was the the comeback. Wait, which one was first? Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine was oh, uh Nashville. was the two th- was the five zero. Okay. Aspie. Okay. Yeah. You're okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That one. I think that one sort of like kind of reminded them like, oh shit, we're Mexico. It's like they forgot who they were, you know, and then the turning around or two, and then under Osorio, they finally win and they finally win in Columbus. Yeah, that was a big win. That was the last time. So I feel like kind of neat that man, you start scheduling friendlies with Argentina. Mm-hmm. Be like, fuck it, we'll go to Buenos Aires. And who gives a shit if they throw the B team? You just have to start fucking beating them or getting results going your way. Sooner or later, you're whooping their ass and they. It's like when your little brother finally gets that win, you're like, how the fuck this happened? Yeah. I will say though, like obviously internationally, um, Mexico doesn't have a good track record against Argentina, but club level and Libertadores, I mean, we've made them their, yeah. our, our bitch. Oh dude. Yeah. When it comes to club level. Yeah. It's, Vélez and it's a whole Boca and River. We've made them their bitch, bro. And, <laughs> well, and, and this is, yeah. And this is where Chivas is like stands out because there and I would read their comments was like, well, they have a lot of Argentines or Brazilians or whatnot, but you can't use that excuse of Chivas, which is eleven Mexicans. Yeah, especially or, when you got both or, on or your ten, side or ten, <laughs> ten Mexicans and one Peruvian. As you kind of <laughs> but but still, it, it's still a lot of them. Yeah, but well, you guys, that's all fine and dandy, but. The reality is that FMF is in bed with with U.S. soccer. So, what, what, what do you guys like? Mexico ne- is never going to get the chance to keep playing Argentina all the time. But they have played them. You just have to schedule the games. No, they will no, come, dude. You, you, you put the money, the they'll come. Well, because it's through some, and it's it's an easy game to have. It's just the easiest game. They're like, they're you know, they're next door neighbors. Well, it's, 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 the, it's the whole having a whole, but, but but if you if you schedule Argentina, it's going to be in LA or Texas or Atlanta. No, you could schedule any. If you could schedule them any, man. Seriously, you could get that game anywhere. The money's there, dude. They have the fucking money. No, they I'm just, just saying, move. like, if they are going to schedule an Argentina game, it's not going to be in a hostile environment. It's not going to be in in uh, La. Bomba. Doesn't doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, Jaime. It's not going to be in the Bombonera. It it does not matter. Because if the Mex does play them, like let's say they play them in. Uh, well, the last time they played them, they got their ass beat 4 0. I know. And before Love that, Tuca was 3 3. That was a really good game. That the one Tuca, the Tuca, there was one when he took over as interim. That was the one where we were up like 2 zip, right? Yep. Did it end 3 3 or did they win 3 <laughs> 2? No, it was 2 2, I think, final score. It was in Dallas. I was there. Ah. Oh, it's Puerto the Culpa. Score? 
Yeah, my fault. <laughs> what was the score? Was it two two? It was two two. All right. I, I, see, All right. Who went game. to the Who went to the Mexico Chile game? I need someone to blame. I was, I was there, man. I'm guilty. I'm guilty, man. I was there. Ouch. I was supposed to be wearing a jersey. Burn it. If you were wearing a jersey, just go burn it. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't wearing a jersey, man. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, um, so I was, I was, uh, covering World Cup in 06 with, uh, with Martin and some of the, his staff from, I think it's Excelsior newspaper. And it was the Mexico Portugal game. And those guys would always wear the shirt. They would always wear the Mex shirt to the games. I, I never really wore shirts. I did take one, but not not to wear to the stadium. And they're like, "Come on, wear it. Do you have to wear it?" And it was the I had the Atletica one, the the two thousand two, the, the burgundy, the burgundy one. It's a throwback to their first jersey. It's a burgundy yep. with like navy blue. Yep. And I and I went, and they lose to Portugal. I've not worn that shirt since. <laughs> I, I retired it, dude. <laughs> I hope, I hope. And you, I you only wore it out of pressure. Huh? You, you better have gotten rid of your Omar Bravo poster too, man. But I can't even wear that. I can't <laughs> even wear that shirt. No. It won't fit. It won't fit. I start tearing at the, at the, at the seams. <laughs> but yeah, but, but, but yeah, so you need to. Need to go bury that shirt or burn it or something. I, well, no, I wasn't wearing a shirt. I didn't wear a jersey, oh, man. But but, you were, but believe me, you were bare chested. Uh, as soon as soon as they scored that third one, I went to the beer line, man. Yeah. <laughs> two beers. He's just like, give me yeah, two. I got, beers. I got my two, and then add two others after that, man. Shit. <laughs> I would have just left. Be traffic home. No, that there was plenty of people doing that, man. So <laughs> this traffic regardless. No, I, I was supposed to meet Pern that day, but he, he disappeared. And then uh, on a different occasion, when I went to see Mexico Iceland, I was supposed to meet Profit, but he got drunk. Uh... <laughs> Mexico Iceland was that a friendly? Yeah, at yeah. Levi's. Was it in Las Vegas? Levi. No, no, in uh, Levi Stadium. Where? Santa Clara. Down, down oh, our hood over okay. here. Hey, how are right. soccer games there, man? Trash. Because then when you watch them and then the NFL <laughs> games, it looks it's a sweet trash stadium. It's trash. I'm not I'm not a big fan of the venue there just because it's uh it shares the same parking lot as Great America and it you know, like it's an amusement park. And it's just like yeah, it's just it's a, a pretty average stadium, man. Yeah, it's pretty pretty basic. Yeah. Especially, um, especially like if you go during like the day, like if it's not a night game, like I know during the Copa America, some of those matches were kind of like in the afternoon, um, when the sun was still out and there's no, there's absolutely no shade in that stadium. So it's pretty brutal. Interesting. I honestly had a better time at the, uh, at the Oakland Coliseum when I yeah. saw uh, Mexico versus Paraguay over there, man. Oh, yeah, that was a great, yeah. I've had the the crazy luck of um, every time I've gone, I've seen, like, Chicharito score, like, even on his Mexican debut uh, against Bolivia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was at the uh, old Candlestick Park. 
but then he scored against Paraguay, and then he scored again against Paraguay. I think it was Paraguay when they did it at Levi's. He scored, like, two goals in, like, the first, like, I don't know, 10 minutes of the match. It was, yeah. It's pretty cool. But uh, we're almost at the two-hour mark, folks. Um, I, I wanted to ask you guys a question to kind of wrap up the, the episode. It's something I've been thinking about for a long time. Um, uh, it, you know, you might not be able to, to say it in a, in a short story, but why is it that you root for the team that you root for? I, I've always been curious. I'll start. Uh, so Chivas, for example. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things, man. It's like, it's, it's, you grow up with, you know, your, your parents raise you, your dad roots for Chivas. You somehow just end up getting stuck uh, rooting for that team. Right. And, you know, you become a, a faithful to it. And and that's sort of how that worked out for me. And that's how I started following uh, Chivas and, and the Mexican national team. Was there any like first, mo like your first memory with like watching Chivas play or maybe just like a, when you just fell in love with the team? I don't know if there was like a like a moment for you as a kid. Yeah, or... I mean, you well, you, well, you, you see the uh, the striped jersey, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I just remember loving the. Uh, it, it was a Chivas game, and I, I don't even remember who they played, but it, they won two to one. But to me, the whole up and down of the game was 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 fun. You know, the the, the back and forth, and uh, again, because we were watching the team with the stripes, I was like, man, that's cool. All right, Dad likes them. They're winning, cool. But we're gonna roll with that. Yeah. It was really that simple, man. I want to know Ricardo's story as to why he's an America fan. I don't know if maybe he was dropped a drop on his head. He, he grew up watching Chavuelo in Televisa. Oh, he's brainwashed. Brainwashed. You guys want to know where the greatness comes from? A ver. <clears throat> well, mainly family. I've mentioned before here, I had some uh, an uncle that yeah that pretty much brainwashed me to being an America fan, and I thank him every day for it. <laughs> but you, you guys got to remember, uh, what did America win during the 90s? AIDS? Exactly, nothing. <laughs> but I was there, man. Well, I wasn't there. I mean, I, I, was, I witnessed one after the dry spell, 2001. Yeah, that, that's bum, a great bum, way from to come in. And and from there, five titles. I don't know about you guys, but that's that sounds like a campeonissimo to me. But but well, America is the biggest team in Mexico. That's mainly why I root for them. But Mexico, <laughs> I I never understood why people root Mexicans root for USA. Well, they have their reasons and whatever. I just, I follow the league, the league IMX, and, and I, it, does, it doesn't, I can't comprehend that. Maybe the younger kids now, I get why they root for them, because they're lost and confused. But that, that Borghetti goal, man. The, the hairs on, on, on the, that Borghetti goal against Italy, the hairs on the back of my neck went straight up. After that, yeah, little, Ricardo, the yeah. little Ricardo will go to the park and head it solo como un tonto. 
<laughs> like trying to recreate that that crazy goal, man. That's why we're from Mexico. Damn. Well, I want to know your story. Why? Why'd you become a Chias fan? What was the? What well, was... I had, I had watched soccer like just as a casual, a little kid, just kind of seen it off and on, because uh, my family didn't really watch soccer. My dad liked uh, boxing, and uh, and my older brother was into baseball and and uh, basketball. So I would just casually watch. And I had an uncle that came to stay with us in 90, 91, I think. He's a big Pumas fan. And he invited me, dude, to go watch the final game. Sometimes I think had I gone to see it, I would have probably ended up being a Pumas fan. It was when they win with the Tuca goal uh, from outside, beating America. Damn. Wait, was it America? Ricardo, was it? I don't yes. know, refresh my memory. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I just, I didn't go because I wasn't like, it was just casual, dude. I wasn't really into it. And when I really got into football was 94, 94 World Cup. And none of my friends would fucking watch soccer, dude. They just didn't care. And so I was like still starving after the World Cup, you know, I, was, I wanted to see more. And I kind of didn't know. Uh, aside from the Univision game where fucking on Sunday, to me, it was like, there has to be more than just fucking, you know, just waiting like the whole week. And I went to a friend's house and his dad and his friends were watching, watching football. And I was like, fuck right on, dude. And I, I went to, I ended up hanging out with my friend's dad. You know, his friends, they were all older dudes. They were all like in their 40s. I was like, 15 or so and uh they were all chiva fans dude and so we were just watching chiva games with them and they would take me to the bar because it was back then you had to do it was the closed circuit yep. i didn't even pay per view it was closed circuit so they'll take me to some cd bar dude and uh to give you the free drink ticket but i always give it away because I, I couldn't drink and and then just i think the whole them being Chiva fans and then just my family being from Jalisco, Guadalajara, just it sort of like all of a sudden was like, like I didn't choose the team. The team chose me type of thing. <laughs> that's, that's that's kind of how it ended up. Because I, I do feel sometimes I could have like easily been into the other other sports, but for some reason, like I just didn't, it didn't get to me because I even, because, you know, I, like I said, my brother watched basketball. And that was back when, like, Jordan was, like, starting and was just being massive. And the Lakers with uh, uh, Magic Johnson and, and the, the big rivalry. Because I did see a few of those games, and they were exciting. Uh, Celtics, Celtics-Lakers with Larry Magic Bird. and Larry Bird. Yeah, yeah, those games I remember, they were fucking insane. And, but I never became a basketball fan. And I remember, like... I had seen some of the other soccer games just like, but not paid attention. Like 90 Mexico wasn't there. And I just remember seeing a little bit of, of some of the games. And then um, 86, I was still kind of young. So I didn't, I just remember La Chiquitibum. And, uh, and so by 94, I was just, you know, now I could make sense of stuff. And 
you know, you had gone because like in LA they had previous to that you had like the Dodgers winning a World Series and then you had Lakers going through all this stuff and dude that didn't do it for me and then Kings they had Gretzky and so there are all these opportunities to follow these sports and it just didn't I see Mexico lose dude they lose to Norway and somehow that that wrapped me up dude (laughs) (laughs) fucking lost Uh, but I remember just the excitement of their next match fucking ironing and it's like and I was counter hyping it up it's like fucking now or never and yeah. you don't win you go home and this shit and I was like oh fuck dude this shit is fucking insane and all of a sudden I'm I'm in dude I'm all I'm, I'm in all in yeah yeah thanks for sharing those stories guys it's always interesting what about you Jaime oh, oh yeah Jaime of you course can, you can't just, I, I was gonna I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. I just. <laughs> I just wanted to acknowledge. Like uh, this is very interesting, and and it's always uh, incredible. Like to hear your stories, uh, especially yeah, now. But you're in a safe place, Jaime. No, no, no. I'll tell you guys a story. <laughs> um. Yeah, because my my nephews and my and my niece, they're they, they. This is the first World Cup that they've like actually followed, and I can see I can see the glimmer in their eyes. I can see that they're starting to get hooked on this, and. Uh, I grew up uh, in a house where like nobody watched sports. Uh, my dad was a big baseball fan, but my mom didn't really care for sports. I had an older sister, but she didn't care for sports. But I did have an older cousin who played soccer. So by the age of five, I played soccer in Liga Latina, and I was just playing. I wasn't really following the sport at all. But uh, I want to say around 96, 97 on Univision, uh, we would just always have that channel on because it was the only Spanish channel we had. And at 10 a.m., Chivas would start playing. Andres Cantor was the commentator. And uh, I would just start watching the games because the, his scream is goal. Like, I would go around the house and I would sell it. I would yell it, too. It's like... I didn't know how to express myself until like I saw Cantor and how he screamed it at the top of his lungs and and I would score goals when I was a kid and I would feel the same way. I'm like, oh my god, this is like a thing. So uh yeah, I, I got to witness Chivas um beat Doros Nessa in that final in ninety seven and that was that sealed it for me as far as being a Chivas fan for life and just an incredible, incredible final and seeing uh Gusano Napolis score four goals and um, me trying to do the worm. Oh, I, I couldn't do the worm, but I tried. And then, <laughs> um, and then obviously them them going back to the final against Necaxa and then losing that was that was pretty pretty hard to take. I, I really thought they were gonna win. And uh, and then obviously the '98 World Cup. I mean that was my first World Cup and Andres Cantor and. So I have a soft spot for him. I know he's kind of like old now and he's losing his voice and he's kind of biased and all that. But, you know, he was <laughs> he was the reason that I, I fell in love with the sport. And um, and yeah, dude, it's it's been a great ride since. And uh, for me, like I, one thing I don't understand is I, I don't know how other people live. I really don't, man. Like I, I, I talked to some of my coworkers. Uh, what did you guys do this weekend? Oh, we went like to the cabin. We went shopping. I'm like, did you guys catch the World Cup? Oh, no, we don't really. Like, I don't understand, like, especially seeing like the images of Argentina winning and, and what it means for the country and what it means for people. Like, I just don't understand how other people live and how they cannot like be emotional about this. And, and like, 
I don't know, dude. Like, do they feel this way about other things in their life? Like, have they ever felt alive like this before? Like, do they watch like reality TV shows and and they they feel that 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 passion? It's just like I don't know, dude. It soccer picked me, and and it's it's one of the best blessings of my life, and uh, I, I'm glad that I get to share with you guys every single week. It's 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 amazing. And being able to go out there on the pitch and, and take photos and, and be there, be as close as I can to the pitch is it, it really is uh, something to be grateful for. From, from, from watching at home to being literally in the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dream as I had a, as a kid, but as a kid, I wanted to be playing. But, you know, being on the pitch and taking photos is not bad either. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good compromise. Um, but yeah. And and I'm excited for for next year. 2023 should be fun. We got the Gold Cup happening in the states, and we have obviously Liga Mekis kicking off on uh, in that first week of January. So, um, yeah, just want to thank you all for for hopping on tonight. I don't know if you guys have any uh, closing thoughts. Yes, really quick. We we haven't been able to talk about it. The um, what is it called? The something del gol. I'm missing that. The man where they were exposing the whole thing with Mexican soccer. They even had the um they had a call between Martinez and and uh de Luisa. Decio de Maria. Decio de Maria, there you go. What is it what was that thing called? Something del Gol? Um the the damn they were like it, it's, it's, cartel, it's, cartel, 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 yes, there you go. Thank, thank you. That's why it's like I feel like I checked in right when I'm getting my ass whooped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm hanging there. Um, yeah, Cartel del Gol, we haven't really talked about it because a lot of stuff was revealed or confirmed, I would say, confirmed because there's been rumors, and I, I think it. It didn't make as many waves, and I guess because the whole World Cup was going on, and now it seems kind of buried. But I would, we haven't, and again, even us, we didn't get to talk about it because, but it's it's too much right now. I would say maybe another podcast because there are some things there worth mentioning. Jaime, you did have some youngster ask you the last uh, last podcast uh, about that. I think. Like he was asking. I, he did bring it up, and I I didn't get to, uh, a chance to look into it. But yeah, we'll definitely um, put it put a feather in the cap for next episode and talk about that. Yeah, at least and at least play the audio because that's that's the closest we're gonna get to see how some of these teams negotiate or what goes on. It's it's a peek behind the curtain that we don't get that many. You know, but if you, the few that we get, if you keep track of them, you start piecing them together and then you start having a pretty good picture of what things are really like. Yeah. For sure, folks. Well, I'm not sure if we'll have another episode before the end of the year since we got the holidays and whatnot. So in case uh, I don't hear from you guys until then. <laughs> I missed. 
Unless she was wins and Jaime would oh, actually, call for an emergency pod. Well, yeah, <laughs> we actually will probably squeeze in another episode because um, the Copa por Mexico final is going to be, uh, I think, at the end of, I think like on a Friday uh, on the 30th. So we'll try and squeeze in one more episode before before all that. Um, but thank you guys for your support. And, and Real quickly, Joel. Yeah. I, I, I don't see those text messages coming through when you guys are jumping on, man. I've gotten lucky the last couple times. Into, you I keep forgetting. Oh, yeah. I, I keep forgetting because we do. Sometimes we just do it last minute. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Hall didn't answer the question. Which one? About the, would you still defend uh, Chepo if he was raping a bear? I did say I said depending on what kind of bear it was. It could have been a it could have been a violent bear, you know. All and right. then I'll say like, all right, after can I keep it as a carpet? I'll have it in my living room. <laughs> all right, folks, it's been a pleasure. Hope everyone has a great night. And uh, for the listeners out there, you know, tag us. Let us know how you got into your favorite club. Uh, I would love to hear these stories. And. Uh, Of course, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Have a great night.